What's up guys, thanks for joining us. We are presenting to you some serious reptile knowledge from years and years of experience from um, back in the day at Underground Reptiles history to a new Caledonia expert, to a world traveler, to somebody who transformed our reptile and exotic industry um, to make it what it is today, to having somebody that is a well-known tattoo artist and YouTuber keeping venomous who are all these guys are going to share some serious knowledge with us today so um, i opened up with ryan we are all sitting here knowing that we went through underground reptiles at different points of our life uh, tyler and i worked together mike and i worked together tiki and i worked together and although you guys weren't there at the same time and you guys weren't although you guys were, yeah, we were there yeah. at the same time what is it like for us to sit here and you to say wow i had a hand in in growing everybody into what they are at least feeding the desire that we have today for exotics but i don't i think that maybe you might think that it's, it's something a little bigger than i think it is like you, you you might sit here or somebody else might sit here and say wow all these guys at one point work with you this is what i do man this is you know i i, I want to help other people get beyond the, the the bible says that a servant is no greater than his master but i've had the the blessed opportunity to have guys exceed every blessing the bible says that many sons and daughters have done well but you shall excel them all so i'm sitting around guys who have gone further than me in the areas where they chose their expertise and didn't confine themselves to uh, an umbrella man they blew the lid off of everything and, and i couldn't be happier i have zero jealousy in my heart when it comes to people who succeed, I bless them. And um, I am the one that's honored to be sitting around these guys who have not followed in my footsteps. But if there's one thing I would take credit for, it's that I've taken all these guys and said, don't be me, be the best you you can be. And they did, and in turn exceeded any anything that I did. So you remember when like Ty had no tattoos? I do, I remember right. when, he was just, when he was a, a, a little Pretty boy. Boring. And we couldn't tell whether he was a man or a woman yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but we did know that every girl that saw him just wagged tongue at him. And it was, uh, it was a jealousy thing. R remember? I remember um, talking about my first, getting my first tattoo in the garage at the old house. Right. Bro, I was about to say the same thing. In the attic. Yeah, in We the were attic. in it cleaning yeah. your attic. And he said, yo, Austin, I got a tattoo. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Sure enough, you still got that same tattoo? Yeah, of course. It's not going on, right? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't cover it up? No. It's wrong? Still got it. It's like your crab oh, ass, bro. Dude. Hold on a second. It's still there. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, he's got a crab. Austin's got a crab on his butt. Hold on, that was an OG. I got to ask this question, though. Can we see that crab? Tyler, you, sure. you, how are you, like 17 or 18? And you came to me and you said, man, I'm thinking about being a tattoo artist. What do yeah. you think? I don't remember what I said, but I remember we've had this conversation. What did I tell you? He said, stupid. <laughs> Don't do it. You'll ruin your life. So much for what I said before. Right? Get back to cleaning cages. Man, I thought that was so cool. We were in the attics just sweating it up like, whoa, you got a banging tattoo. And of course, it looked like crap. Yeah. But, That's right. yeah, it was an awesome memory. It's good times. So, Mike, you're definitely one of the OG iguana hunting video uh, people down here in South Florida. And if you remember one of the first videos that you put out, was you took the underground van out yep. down to Miami, you hit the canal, and you started making your videos, and you were dancing in the back of the van, and <laughs> had that long stick pole, and here we are just a few years later, 
to where that was so pivotal for your platform now, people that do that are now criminals almost overnight if they want to go out and collect. What's, how does that rock your mind? It's crazy, man. Um, it, was a, it was definitely a, a thing I learned. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't become a iguana catcher overnight. You know, I, I watched Chris, ask Chris tons of questions. I saw the multiple old school hunters come in and bring in, you know, the brown knolls and the baby green iguana. So it was always like motivation for me to get out there and keep trying. You know, up to that video, I think it took me like probably a year and some change, two years to even catch like more than 10 iguanas in a night, mm -hmm. you know? So it was a long buildup. And, you know, I think it's different now because people are making videos and like killing them and, you know, beating them up. It's just not cool, man, you mm -hmm. know? And what I was doing, I was literally bringing them here. Or sending right. them out to people. I remember you making videos where, where we were saying you were rehoming them, mm -hmm. and there was all these haters online, mm -hmm. and and now are those same haters out there talking about these guys that are shooting them with arrows, bashing them with clubs? I, I wonder where those guys are now. No, I bet sure they not. long for the days where people actually cared about animals. It's a cool thing I, I would love to talk about, especially with a group as, as well experienced as everybody here. Um, a lot of people told me, you know, and from the reptile community, it was like. A lot of these animals, these iguanas, don't transform well in captivity, that they all die. So whether I'm saving them out the wild, I'm just giving them a slow, painful death in someone's cage or tank at home, whether it's a baby or a six foot. And I was like, man, maybe that's true, but I beg to differ because I, I myself kept iguanas from the wild. You guys have, and we have a ton of customers. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've been on the phone with people helping them with their iguanas they've got from us four, five, six, ten years ago, mm -hmm. you know? so. It always just yeah, but here's the you always got to ask yourself what's the end game of that question like that's such a leading statement well every single dog i ever bought eventually died so what does that mean i shouldn't buy a dog yeah. you know, every every kid i've got six children guess what they're all going to die eventually. Oh, I shouldn't have any kids. That's the stupidest. Yeah. Well, of course, every animal that's in captivity is going to die. No, that's not what I mean. What I mean is people don't take care of them. What, what, you mean a hypothetical for somebody to say you shouldn't, so God shouldn't have made them then. I mean, if you take it to the furthest extreme, okay, then nobody should ever keep anything yeah. because there might be some people that don't take care of us. Yeah, and you, listen, I, I used to have this pastor, Ken Graves, and he used to always say something. And he, he had this big, deep voice, and he used to go, when you're talking to somebody who violates logic, just tell them they're stupid and walk away. <laughs> because here's, here's the concept of it. You, you could make that video back then, but if somebody did that same thing today, made the videos, hey, I'm rehoming them. Misdemeanor. Oh, yeah. And how, how crazy is that? So if you're talking to kids saying, hey, man, go out, follow your dreams, you want to do this, but it can't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. It's gone. What do you say to them? It's crazy, man. I mean, the, the laws have changed. You know, at the end of the day, we can go out and be heroes for lizards and iguanas or Burmese pythons, but it's the law. Mm -hmm. And you want to break the law, they're going to give you fine for it. They're going to take you to jail if they want to. They're going to raid your house for your iguanas. And they did it to me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not just me, other people. When I went to my course through my fish and wildlife process, I'm, you know, everybody in there has to tell what they did. And out of like 30 people, there were six people in there for iguana violations. You know, all for iguanas. Yeah, I mean, other the thirty mm -hmm. people. There was guys you know, for lobsters and illegal fish they had on their boat. <laughs> Did you guys tell that story? Oh, no, that was, was that crazy. like was that like an AA meeting? <laughs> Hello, my name is Michael Holston. I'm an iguana hunter. <laughs> no, yeah, really, it was. It was like a bunch of guys who broke fish and wildlife animal laws, and we had to go through a group. 
um, on, a, on like a Saturday for like six hours. It was crazy, and everybody uh, they had everybody like a re-education right. camp. Yeah, exactly <laughs> what it was. FWC re-education. It was crazy. A couple famous YouTubers was there too. Was still, uh, Monster Mike was there. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, he said he caught a iguana on film while he was fishing, and let it go. He said, "I don't want to kill it. I don't want to keep it." Got let fine. Him go. Got he hit. Gave him a fine. Yeah, gave him a misdemeanor. He had to go like, but get his permits pulled and everything. Thanks. Well. Yeah. Wow. I have misdemeanor alligator charges, but I never had to do any of those class things. Yeah, bro. Fines, classes, everything. And it goes it goes against what they're trying to do because they're trying to, you know, they, they don't want the iguana problem here in Florida. But what these people are doing, they're capturing them, selling them to companies like, like us, and then we're sending them out of state, 99% of them. So it goes against what they want, which is to get rid of them in mm -hmm. the state of Florida. Do you, do you know how that technically works? I mean, th this is this is very interesting. This is Michael Cole. I was talking to Michael Cole from uh, Ballroom South Reptiles today, and they have a shiny. He called it a shiny thing. I call it a cape. And on that cape, it says Burmese pythons, yeah. iguanas, tigers. And they take the cape and they fold it up and they put it away. And then they go out there and they spray chemicals, like the whole red mm -hmm. tide thing. Mm -hmm. The whole dying billions of fish dying, that's them. Yep. That's not like some nature thing. That's them spraying chemicals incorrectly. Yeah. And so they, the, the attention turns to w, FWC and they take the cape out and they go, oh, iguanas are in your yard. Uh, uh, Burmese pythons are going to eat your yeah. kids. And then they fold up and they throw it back. And then they do something else. And they yeah, kill, they, like you ask the duck hunters what happened to the ducks. You ask the fishermen up at the lake what happened to all the fish. They're gone, man. The, all these mammals that they say are out of the wild, what do you think they're out of the wild from? Burmese pythons? Get out of here. And every time the tension turns to them, they take out the shiny thing. They go, watch the shiny thing. Watch it. And, and everybody goes, oh. I'm like, where are the animal rights activists for them? Where, where, where is it? They're killing all the fish, all the birds, all, all the snakes that are dying from them spraying the chemicals. It's the stupidest thing in the world. Yeah. So to break it down, you can, you can shoot, but you can't ship. If we yeah. put it clear. We cannot, you know, as a company, if we ship out 50,000 iguanas of the year at no cost to the state, that only benefits the state. It only benefits people in South Florida. Um, the person collecting them, like you did, you're making money. We're able to rehome them. Um, tons of benefits to shipping as opposed to shooting. So, you know, PETA has been against our industry for so long, but they requested... Um, uh, some death statistics from Fish and Wildlife for, I think it was 2019. They said, hey, we want the records of all your iguanas that you guys have um, put down. And Fish and Wildlife gave them a quote and said it's going to be $75,000. So they wouldn't even release the info to PETA unless they paid them the $75,000 for it because they didn't want to give it. One second. You're saying Fish and Wildlife. Yes. No, no, I'm sorry, FWC. Okay, so, so yeah. just let's make a delineation line here just because I don't want to make the wrong people hate us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's FWC, which is Florida Wildlife Commission, which yeah. is the state. And then there's UF, mm -hmm. uh, US Fish and Wildlife, <clears throat> USFWS, which is United States Fish and Wildlife. One are feds, which are US Marshals, and the other one are state game officers. So we're talking about FWC. Yeah, so if thank you're you. fed out there, we love you. We like you. You're on our team. <laughs> you're on our team. FWC, <laughs> right? Peter had requested this My name is Michael Holston. <laughs> <laughs> David, no David Utrera at GUTR. Yeah, <laughs>
So yeah. he said, yeah, we're, we're going to charge you 75000 if you want these records, manpower and, you know, X amount, you know, per hour that it's going to take us. And, and they just don't care. They're okay with YouTubers making videos of people lighting up iguanas where they got a, a, a pellet gun, a, a pot of boiling water, whatever it is. Yeah. That's okay. But if you want to collect or rehome, make some money for yourself, have somebody else make some money, ship them out of state, can't do that, you're criminal overnight, right? 100%. So, Tyler, you go the venomous route after underground. Yep. Okay. You get drawn towards all these venomous reptiles, and most of your reptiles in your collection is venomous. What percentage? Pretty much everything. Almost everything. Yeah, everything. So, why did that draw you in so much and say, man, I'm just doing venomous? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I've kept everything. I've had retics before. I've had, you know, green anacondas. I've, I've kept everything. I just, now that... That's just what I like the most. It's just like more exciting to me. I don't know if that appeals to me more than anything. Is I love rattlesnakes and cobras. I have my indigo snakes. What? Looking at your finger. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Tell us. Tell us. About this is from a king cobra bite. I still love them though. It's what I do. How yeah. close to death were you on that one? Really close. Super close. Did you see anything cool? I saw a lot of cool things. Yeah. That was a crazy experience. <laughs> Tell so, yeah, they, yeah. they had to put me out with uh, ketamine. I was out for a while, dude. Like, What's a while? I think it was a couple days. Yeah, but like every, coma they, state? Yeah. Yeah, but I remember everything. Like, I had total out-of-body experience. Really? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I could, like, hear everything still, even though I was intubated out completely. Um, like my friends were coming into the hospital saying goodbye to me. My family members were coming Whoa. saying goodbye to me and like talking yeah, about Yeah, you remember like, that even though you weren't. everything. Whoa. Yeah, it was crazy. crazy. Yeah, was I it, remember the doctor. Was it like being, uh, you know that, um, there's that old movie that, um, uh, wasn't there that Metallica did the video on where the guy is in war and he, and he, he gets blown up and his body don't work, but his mind does. It was before our time, right? Pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> None of us were alive. But you could hear and see everything else. Yeah, everything. But you just couldn't move. Couldn't move at all. Do you feel like you're even, even like a few days later, they they were gonna give me what is it? A fasciotomy? That's what it's called. Fasciotomy. Fasciotomy. Yeah. So I could hear the doctor talking to my parents about it, and I specifically in your mind, you're like, no, them. no, no, no. I told them. I even told like Jeff Fobbs when he got to the hospital. I was like, do not let them do that to me. Like I'm a tattooer. Like you cannot cut my limbs open like that without my permission. And I remember the doctor was saying to my dad, if I didn't wake up soon that they were about to do that to my arm because of the swelling. And like, there's no, I got bit by a king cobra. There's no reason to do that. You know, maybe if I got bit by a rattlesnake or mm -hmm. something with the hemotoxin, then yeah, we'd be in a different Did story. Did it swell? Like, not bad at all. Yeah, it was swelling, but it why wasn't. Why didn't they want to do a they, they just love doing them, bro. Dude, they're just, seriously. They're send you that bill, seriously. Man. They're like, oh, snake bite? They're like, yo, yeah. let's just cut his arm up. Like, they, <laughs> dude, they're yeah. so notorious for just, on any venomous bite, they're just like, they freak out. They're like, oh, we have to do it. But they don't. So, like, I could hear the doctor t telling my dad that they were going to do that to me. And he was like, yeah, he's got to wake up. And I was just like, oh, my God, I have to wake up. And I was like, please. I was like, please, let's move. And I was just like, I was just trying to focus so hard on, like, move because my hand is up in this thing. Are you serious? And I'm trying, I'm trying to move, like, but my your toes eyes are or not my open, hands right? or something. Hell no. no. I was out still. And then finally, like, I started moving a little bit. And I could hear them freaking out. They're like, oh, my God, he's moving. Dude, it was crazy. Damn. Then I woke up. Everybody, everybody's everybody's crying. Dude, everybody's crying. Everybody's crying. 
It was crazy. Man. I woke up to everybody crying. Yeah, that was Bob, the second, I told you, That was man. the second time in my life yeah. where I've woken up in the hospital to everybody crying. Like, it's pretty nice. Dang. The second well, time? The second well time. Done. The first one was a year before that in a car accident. Jeez. So, yes. when that car accident happened, one of our employees said, hey, man, Tyler got in a car accident. I look at my phone. It's like... Nah, man, he didn't get a car. He's like, yeah, it was really, really bad. Really bad. So I text Tyler, dude, did you just get in a car accident? My employees are freaking out. <laughs> text back, no, man, I'm fine. So I go back in the office and I roast this guy in front of everybody. Okay? <laughs> and he's like, no, man, story. I swear this happened. And I look at my phone. I'm like, where are you at right now? He goes, I'm in school. I'm like, oh, this is a different Tyler. <laughs> and I had just gone in and... Like made a huge scene in the office. It felt like a retard. Yeah, walked right back out. It was really bad. I almost died. Back to venomous. Yeah. How long did it take you to get these permits to keep your venomous at the time? At the time, it didn't really take that long because I mean, I, when I got my permit, it was still five dollars for the year. You know what I mean? And I already worked at Underground for so long. I did venomous with you guys for so long already that it was super easy. You remember the regulation hours? I think it was just like a thousand hours. A which thousand I already hours. Had like for, it didn't matter what species, right? All of it. All of it. Okay. Yep. And I got all five bucks a year. Five bucks a year. Keep whatever venomous. You all want. six, five classes, mine. Easy. So now it's a thousand. Now it's a thousand hours per class. Okay. Per hey, I want to keep cobras. I want right. to keep yep. vipers. So is that beneficial, or you think they're trying to make it impossible? Like, hey, oh. if we just go this oh, route. Oh, oh, make no mistake about it. If you're in Florida and you keep venomous snakes or you make venomous snakes with YouTubes, you're on the chopping block next. Make no mistake about it. You can sit at home and think that everything's going to be okay. They're coming after you next. So Believe the agenda that. would be to make it impossible? No, or to make it because illegal. The edge is they will do the same exact thing. They just did the takers. They're doing the venomous. Oh, I'm yeah. surprised they haven't done it first. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. They're going to make the rules harder and harder and harder and harder. Eventually, they're going to go, what they're waiting for is a snake to get loose, just like happened up north in northern Florida. And they're going to make a big stink about it. And they're going to go, you know what? There's no reason. People have no reason to keep them. And that's going to be the end of it. And they do the same thing. Hey, you could have what you have, but you can't get nothing new. And once it dies, that's it. No renewal. That's right. So if... It's our rulers or leaders of our state that are making all these laws. And they're getting these reports from every news article out there, from everybody that they when hire. They're getting the report. So if you're, if, if you're our government or if you are somebody in authority that has to make some decisions and sign off on these laws, you are uh, hoping that you're getting good reports from every okay, no, let me let me explain how this works this is you, you got that you got that a little backwards so here's what happens the state appoints um fwc is formed and back then it was called florida wildlife commission they uh, florida freshwater wildlife commission they were called and then about 20 years ago they changed it to florida wildlife <coughs> commission now originally it was made and create and formed into an organization that could regulate hunting so people wouldn't poach and all this other stuff. And they used hunters. Hey, man, who knows hunters better than hunters? They used locals. They used people who, who lived right. in Florida, who cared about Florida wildlife. So that's why the regulations were, were 
to some people that lived in Florida who are like, nobody's going to tell me when I can. No, no, we have to now because we have people here. And, and you got to understand that. Hey, man, Florida's getting more populated. You got to. Mm. Well, what happened is about 20, 25 years ago, now instead of hunters, now the commission is being. You, you, the commission has all these budget proposals that they make to the state. The budget's higher than it ever was. They're making more money than they ever were. But now the it's become so politicized that the commissioners, there's like, I don't want to say seven or nine commissioners. I don't remember the exact number. You can go to FWC, floridawildlife.org and see. But the commissioners now are all people who are anti-hunting, anti-animal keepers, and they're in, look, it'll all come out eventually because there's, a, there's enough people that are pissed off that are going to sue them after all this stuff goes down. And there'll be a lot of people out of business and a lot of people that, that can't keep the animals that they, they hope to. But when it all comes out, you're going to find out that all these people are making money by the regulations they're putting forth, such as this. They don't really want to get rid of the iguanas out in the wild. Why would they do that? As long as people keep complaining about loose iguanas, about loose pythons, do you know what happens? They call the governor, basically the governor say, hey man, our, our constituency is freaking out. They have iguanas, we need more money. Well, no problem. Here, here's gotcha. more money. Yeah. And so why would they want to get rid, why would they make a law saying you can't collect iguanas if we're trying to get rid of the iguanas? I mean, how does that make sense? They take out their shiny thing and they go, look, look, look. So the commission itself, they have people that work for them. So when they banned the tegus, they said, okay, um, we want to do a study on what impact tegus have on the wild. You think they called an outside group? You think they asked any of the tegu people? Like, if you watch it, and we'll put it in the link, the actual meeting that went down that they banned the tegus, they said that the impact of taking tegus out of the reptile industry in Florida was low impact. They literally used a number that would impact the business. Oh, it would only take, like, I think it was like 300 some odd thousand dollars a year out of, out of it. Like, we do more than that in tegus a year. Is everything was a lie. It's like, well, why did they believe it? Because they hired their own people. All the people that did the study so work at Florida Wildlife Commission. You're, you have to base your decision off something. And you're basing that off information that Fish and Wild um, that they gave themselves. It's like doing. It's like let's say we're all here at the table, mm -hmm. and and my son Mike, I found out that he uh, he robbed an animal from the warehouse. Well, let's do an internal investigation here. Did you rob any animals from the warehouse? <laughs> he said no. He said no. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Right. Same so, thing. So the money's coming in, and that's the agenda, and they're, and they're basing it and saying they're not, they obviously don't know that iguana is the number one lizard sold in the world. Oh, they and, know that quite well. And, or they're not presenting that to the commissioner. They presented, it doesn't matter. Right. They had an agenda. Yeah, yeah. They, here, if, if you were talking logically about it, you'd say, I would say, I want you to give me a report that says we need to get rid of tegus in Florida. Do you understand? But we really don't want to get rid of tegus because we make a lot of money if tegus are in the wild. When you understand, hundred percent. That's how it literally if, works. You remember when we we stood before the commission in Tallahassee, and this is when we knew it was. I mean, we already knew it was bad, but 
when I was standing there and I was presenting to all these commissioners and I gave my case like, listen, this is, we have X amount of employees and we're shipping X amount out of the state and all this stuff. This one guy leaned forward, excuse me, older guy. He must have been 80 years old. He said, can you please tell me what a tegu is? And the whole meeting was based on banning tegus. And at this point in time, this was day two of a decision that they basically had already made. And he didn't even know what the ammo was that we were meeting about. And the devastation on my face was just, yeah. how can you argue with somebody that has no idea what you're talking about? Here's a hard pill to swallow. You're never going to eradicate iguanas, Burmese python, and tegus. It's just impossible. Iguanas been in Florida since of Florida. 1901. Yeah. They had their one of the first sightings in 1901 in the Keys. We're talking 120 years later. You're trying to start something two years ago. You're never gonna. Only thing that's gonna kill iguanas, maybe if we have snow in South Florida. Maybe. That's a maybe. From someone being out on the canals for almost a decade straight. Someone that's fishing. Someone that's locals in Florida. There's been iguanas here for forever. Yeah. They're never gonna. They're, they're they're basically native animals at this point. Yeah. Even though they are invasive, for one. I, I had heard there's no proof that they're invasive. They can't even prove that they're invasive. They don't have any studies that show they weren't here. Mm -hmm. Another thing, are they are they near the Cuba? You know that? Are they what? They don't have any proof that they're invasive. Are iguanas native to Cuba? I don't know. Do they live in Cuba? Who says the iguanas can't swim ninety miles? They can swim thirty miles and float. Mm -hmm. Easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They can get to the keys easy. Yeah, yeah, they're all over the case. Uh, I've been to Galapagos. Puerto Rico. Galapagos, there's islands so far off certain coasts of the Galapagos. Mm -hmm. Iguanas. The same all iguanas, types. All types. Different types, of course, different sizes, but who says they can't swim? I mean, of course, it's a marine iguana, but iguanas swim easy. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Everglades is so far. A big, huge snake can disappear in uh, six inches of water. You're not going to catch all these berms. How many eggs do females have of iguanas? Tons, 30, 40 eggs. Same with berms, tegus. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna happen, bro. Right. So, Rai, you made a great point that when we were talking about Tyler's stuff, that they're not stopping at iguanas and tegus. And so this affects exotic keepers on every level. And with your stuff, Tiki, you specialize in New Caledonia geckos, leopard geckos, blue tongue skinks, a lot of things that like your everyday um, pet for a child, a kid, yeah. a beginner entry level. Uh, would be perfect for so how does this stuff venomous tegus iguanas trickle down to people that you supply to that a kid says hey i want to grow up with a yeah. corn snake a ball python i want to grow up with a bunny rabbit and it's illegal what what happens at that point yeah you know it's it's funny because they have already talked about bearded dragons in some of their meetings mm -hmm. and bearded dragons are like the staple it's a staple mm -hmm. in the in the reptile industry so bearded dragons they're saying that they could they have the possibility to populate in the state of florida but if you if you're thinking about that i mean florida's like the best freaking state for any reptile uh -huh. are you going to ban everything it doesn't make sense and they're banning things based on the possibility of in the future some like it might populate in the state of florida it's not even a problem yet and they're already talking about getting rid of them same with caiman lizards mm -hmm. and other and other reptiles obviously Leopard geckos, like the list goes on and on. So, you know, it it it's obvious to me that it's it's just it's probably PETA and, and a lot of these extremist groups that are pushing 
their agenda of not wanting to keep reptiles as a pet because they don't believe for whatever reason that it's right. And then it's trickling down to first they're taking the tegus, they want us the bigger, scarier stuff, but eventually they're gonna, you know, they're gonna keep taking, keep taking, keep taking, we're, we're not gonna have anything. So a lot of people are, you know, they say, oh, I'm not worried because I just have a crested gecko or leopard right. gecko, but you, you know, in, you the, in, called, a, in 10, 20 years, it's gonna, you know, we 10, might not 20, have- 20, I'm thinking, I mean, look at our near future. I'm, I'm being like optimistic. Yeah, if you're a school teacher and you say, hey, I want my kid to, I want uh, an iguana for my class. I want a bearded dragon mm -hmm. as a class pet. Colleges, whatever it may be on any level. Hey, I grew up with a parrot and I want to get a parrot. Like you got birds and you can't get that. Yeah. What happens to our industry? Yeah. They, they call that the big ask. In, in sales, if you go, um, you, you, if you um, study um, technical sales pitches, right. they have something they call the big ask. The big ask is, um, Mike has t-shirts online and he says, man, I want to charge a um, hundred dollars a piece from people say, Hey man, that's, that's ridiculous. Why would I pay a hundred dollars a piece? I'll give you 50. He goes, okay, you got a deal. Right. Yeah. And he only really wanted 25, but the big ask. So, yeah. and how does that apply? It's like right now, the big ask is iguanas and tegus. The big ask is Burmese pythons. And idiots, some idiots are staying home and going, hey, as long as they ain't coming after my ball pythons. Yeah. And we're saying, listen, this is the big ask. Yo, and Don't be stupid. Too, yes, they're yeah. coming after you. Yeah. It's the big ask. And if you let them get away with this, yeah, come, listen, the, the bottom line is, Pete, isn't it true? The, um, the revolution always eats itself. Revolution always eats itself. If you let them get away with this, man, we're all... Look, it's really cool that you guys are here. You, you, me and him have a little more stake in this thing because we sell animals for a living. But it's really, really cool. I'm, 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 I'm so blessed that you guys would put... Because you guys are putting your nuts up and you don't gotta. You have YouTube channels. You, make, you, you do tattoos, bro. You're a famous tattoo artist. Me and Tiki... Man, we're we're on the chopping block on this thing. They come after our stuff, man. I don't I don't know about you, but I don't make no money for my. I think last last <laughs> last month my YouTube in, in payment was one hundred and twenty eight dollars. Sweet. Laughing <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. before. <laughs> so I mean, it's really I really appreciate you guys. Um, that's uh, cool. Oh, man, it's a, it's a part of my life too, and, and of yeah. course Tyler as well. You know, like outside of making money on YouTube, it's from our animals. I know? mean, imagine our kids not being able to have a tail or a iguana. That's like the such most a big basic part of, of animals. That's such a big. Yeah. That's like a big part of our lives. Just even keeping if if, if we didn't make money from this, we all have <clears throat> reptiles. That's right. You know, it's mm -hmm. not just about the money. Exactly. It's, this is our pets. These are. And you're talking like. You know, Ryan, you've watched the industry change. You've helped build the reptile industry. But we just are looking on from 11, 12, you know, yeah. over 15 years yeah. in the industry now. And same thing. You, I mean, what made you move down to Florida to say, like, yo, I'm joining Underground? Because you just showed up one day. Y'all, uh, social media. He, he jokes about his YouTube channel. But I went on YouTube after, you know, working at a pet store as being an adult. I'm like, I ended up getting uh, 
uh, like a assistant manager position to order reptiles. Yeah, yeah that's tell the, right. Tell the truth, though. Tell the truth. Dude, you bought the, the marmoset. Yeah. You get, My yeah. man became our best customer. He Woo! was at, what's what right. the name of that store? Pet, Petland. Petland. Petland Kennesaw. Shout out to you. Hey, this Petland, there's a guy named Mike at Petland Kennesaw, man. He's placing booming orders. That's like, hey, how you doing, Mike? Man, I'd like to come down and see you. Come, come on, on down. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, man, never been to South Florida in my life, you know. And uh, I saw you guys on I saw, I saw Ryan's first video down the street. You uh -huh. know, he grabs a Bible. This guy is wearing a camouflage tank top and freaking you a know, Bible. Slide. Wow. And a, a, a mohawk. Right. Sends a Bible on a cage. What I do every season is pray for my tegus. I'm like. What is this? Like, no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that was what I thought it was going to sound like. was going to sound like by looking at him on the, the cover photo, you know. So and I'm like, yo, and then I'm like, yo, I'm like, look at this skinhead white guy out in Florida doing this crazy stuff. He's a Christian. And that was my thing. Like I, I never met a reptile person that believed in God. You know, not Matt, but you know, everybody's just weirdos at that point. Yeah. Just being real. <laughs> Our industry is it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, man, well, well, I gotta go down and I gotta I gotta go out and check out more of his videos. So I start watching more and then his daughters pop out, Kiki and Cammy. I'm like, he's married to a black girl? <laughs> I'm like, what? Like I'm just scratching my head, man. So I'm like, anyway, I ended up buying a monkey. Mama, look at here, it's one of us. I drove down. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, I was like, yo, I could I, maybe this guy we could get along, you know? Like <laughs> Bro, I'm not gonna lie though. There was like you were on the hustle because Bro, you drove down know. in that old only school car. Know. Not people that don't know. busted car. Yeah. Right? A 1964 Impala. So you had to sleep in that thing. Remember that one year we went to Daytona? I, I roll sleep. up, you're sleeping <laughs> in the parking lot, and I'm like Whoever was with me, I'm like, yo, I'm like, get Mike. High beams right on the car, laying on the horn, four in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And countless nights that you were out there. Yeah. Remember, bro, remember the backyard? Nope. No trees. Oh, yeah. No shade. Yeah. South Florida. Terrible. June, yeah. July, yeah, no August. Trees. But there was he trees on the outside that we had to cut down and drag to the front of the house. That right, was but there was zero the shade. You get a cloud and you're like, oh. Yeah. yeah man. It was rough. Brutal days. I came to Florida because of you know watching you guys. You know when I drove down from Georgia, I had, I had two, three, three days off. I stole my mom's car. She went to like Oklahoma to work. She's a does surgery. She was here. So I drove up, stole my mom's car. I drove ten hours from Kennesaw, Georgia, straight down to Deerfield. And I'm like, bro, this is lit. You know, I go outside behind underground, and there's like iguanas jumping in. I'm watching snakehead fish swim around. You know, and I'm like, bro, this place is insane. You know, so I go up to Loxahatchee down the street. I, I bought a fishing pole from Walmart and I go fishing. I'm seeing alligators going in the water. Uh, this one guy walks up with a freaking bamboo stick with like six pieces of string. I'm fishing for like six hours, don't catch nothing. He drops a string in on a, on a stick with some like bait and pulls up like eight different fish. And I'm like, bro, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> it's so lit, you know? Then I drive down to South Beach and uh, you like this place, it's so <laughs> lit. Yeah. yeah. So um, I went back home and then like three months later, I called up and I was like, yo, you guys give me a job? Talk to Borkin, talk to you. And I was like, yeah, for sure. I drove down and Oops. then uh, <laughs> I drove down and uh, as soon as I got here, I was like, yeah, I'm here to work. And I was like, oh, we're not hiring. <laughs> I was like, I just drove down, cool. I just packed all my stuff. 
just came and winged it. I stayed at La Quinta Inn for like oh, dang. two months. That used to exist. Yep. Yeah. Ran out of money, dang. and then I camped out on the back. I remember that. Tiki. Eight months. What? Nine months. It was a long time. Yeah. And I remember your car was breaking down. You're trying to do reptile shows, and Ryan and I are like, "Yo, this kid, it's just a hassle." Yeah. Oh, I broke down the highway. I need help. I need help. And wow. anyway, years yeah. later, well, after the hassle, bro. Yeah. Tiki, what was the man. first reptile you got? The first reptile I ever got was a bearded dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, so when I first came to this country, my aunt married an American guy, and he was like heavy into reptiles. He used to do a lot of business with Ben Siegel. He used to breed like berms and, and retics and everything. And he came down, I used to live in Orlando, and we went to a reptile show. And I just saw like, where I come from, we don't have that. So I just saw everything under the sun, like crested geckos, bearded. How old were you when you came here? About ten years old. Did you speak English at all? No, I came from Venezuela. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, mean, I didn't know if you had learned there. No, no, no. I we didn't. We came here like one month to the other. We didn't know we were gonna come. But um, but yeah. So I saw all these animals, and then he actually, when he went back, he lives in New Hampshire. He sent me a bearded dragon. He bought one and he sent it to me. And then that was I was just like I was in love. I was Cooked. like, that's it, the snowball effect. Yeah. Well, right. Wrap us up and tell everybody what can the everyday person at home, whether they got a corn snake, whether they're trying to keep anaconda, whatever they're keeping on any level, what are people supposed to do about our industry and making sure that we can raise our kids with reptiles and have the same passion we have? Right now, we're in we're in a transitional state. All of us. So what I would suggest you do is keep an ear out for the people whom you support in whatever state you live in right now. Find out if they're suing the local municipalities or the governments, like for us. So if you're in Florida or you want to support us, you have US Arc Florida. And right now they're doing good work. So if you're like, how can I help? Man, send them ten bucks. Send them five bucks. Send them whatever. But what I want you more important to do is stay involved, watch all of our videos, because we're going to, we're hiring lawyers, we're we're all lawyering up, because if this does go through and they start enforcing it and they start knocking on doors and taking venomous snakes away, if they start prohibiting us from keeping the animals we want to keep, if they start shutting parts of our business down, we're going to sue them for damages. Suing the state is not only expensive, it's difficult. Freedom is not free. It costs what's called blood and treasure, and we cannot do it ourselves. If a million people give a buck each, that pays the lawyer bill. If nobody gives nothing, we all gonna lose out. Remember what I said, eventually, the revolution eats its own. So what can you do? You gotta get involved. Go to the store and buy your pet, and remember that how you got that thing isn't gonna stay like that forever, and you have to do more than support what you want. Otherwise, you know, I hope you like goldfish because eventually that's all that's going to be left. But those are outlawed in San Francisco. Yes, in San Francisco you can't have a goldfish, guys. And, and, and there's an old saying, if you're a news junkie like me, as goes California, so the rest of the country. California is quote-unquote the most progressive state. So what's going on in California is going to happen in the rest of the country. And there are some counties and big cities in California where they literally won't let you have a goldfish because it's cruel to keep them in a bowl. That's how sick the, the thought process is. 
and it's coming to a town near you. I don't care if you're in Texas, Arizona, New York, wherever, it's coming. We must stick together. We gotta get rid of all of our, our uh, feuds and our hate. We gotta stick together, we gotta pool our money, support the people. If, you're, if you buy reptiles from Tiki's Reptiles, go to his channel. Find out if he's lawyered up, support. If it's US Ark Florida, if it's US Ark, go to our channels and find out. I mean, this is terrible to say, but we need your money because our lawyers are freaking expensive and we don't have the money. Suing the state is notorious. And even in a losing effort of suing the state, it's still, it's still beneficial for, for all of us. Thanks guys for being here. Appreciate you sharing your knowledge. Sunshine State Tattoos, The Real Tarzan, Pinky's Geckos, and Ryan giving the legend. Thank you guys.